In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for this Christmas morning. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. We were talking last night about how Christmas is, in the Bible, a bit foreboding in contrast to how we typically celebrate it. We celebrate it full of joy and and peace and all these wonderful things, but in reality, it's the setting the stage for a conflict. Uh, why? Well, because you can't have two kings over the same land and people. When Jesus was born, Emperor Augustus was that the emperor of all of the Roman Empire, and so when Jesus is born. And the angel announced him to be the son of God, him to be the Messiah, the anointed one. Well, that's usurping the throne. And that's, there's going to be a conflict that unfolds between these two kings claiming to have authority over the people in the land, not just Israel and Jerusalem, but all of creation, which is exactly what the, the emperor claimed And so Jesus' life unfolds, and we read about his life. And indeed, there is conflict. At every turn, when Jesus does a miracle and preaches and teaches, there's pushback. There's pushback from political leaders. There's pushback from religious leaders. He makes waves. He upsets the apple cart, so much so that they crucify him. They crucify Jesus because he was a threat to power. He was a threat to the established power of the Roman Empire and the religious leaders. In a way, you have to look at it soberly and realize that there's almost no contest, right? Jesus taught the golden rule. What's the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
That is the golden rule. Well, that's one of the golden rules. There's another golden rule, okay? That's Jesus' golden rule. But the emperor had a golden rule too. I'm sure you've heard of it if you think. You, I know you've heard about this golden rule. All right? Whoever has the gold makes the rules. We see that every day, don't we? Whoever has the gold makes the rules. That's been the tale of history on earth for a long time. So you've got Caesar with all the gold and the power and the military might making the rules that are convenient for him. And then you've got baby Jesus saying, love each other as I have loved you. And therein lies the conflict. So what hope is there? This morning, our gospel, I would point your attention to our gospel reading. John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through Him. And without Him, not one thing came into being. In other words, what the Gospel of John tells us in chapter 1 is that Jesus wasn't just born in Bethlehem. Jesus was there at the beginning of creation. Jesus created the universe, God from God. Jesus is the author of creation. And when we think about creation and how creation unfolded, where do we typically read that in the Bible? Where's the story of creation, of how God created the heavens and the earth? Where do we find it? Genesis. Genesis, chapter 1. And how many days did God create the universe? Seven. On the first day, God created light. On the second day, God created air, separated the waters and had air. On the third day, God created Land separated the waters more and made land come about. On the fourth day, then it repeats, if you've never noticed. It goes back to the beginning. On the fourth day, lights, plural, the heavenly bodies, the greater light, the sun, the lesser light, the moon, the stars and the heavens. The fifth day, what lives in the air and what lives in water? The fish and the birds. On the sixth day, what lives on land? Animals, plants and animals. And finally, at the end of the sixth day, the pinnacle of creation, if I do say so myself, what was the last part? People, humans, man and woman, human beings. And finally, on the seventh day, God rested. God rested. Now... If you ever had to take biology 101, you have to face this difficult question. How do these seven days line up with what science tells us about what we know about the universe? And you have to puzzle on that. And I've puzzled on it a lot, especially when we read on Christmas that Jesus authored creation. And here's something to think about. If Jesus is the author of creation... 
And if Jesus was born as a human being of Mary, we can think of Genesis chapter 1 as an account of creation from the perspective of a child, of a baby. Jesus is the author of creation. Jesus was born a human being of Mary. So think about how Jesus perceived creation as he was born. The first thing that an infant experiences in the womb is light. They know this. They know this, that that close to nine months, a little bit of light gets through, and, and that little fetus in there can perceive light. Light. Then what's the next thing that the baby experiences when it's born? Air. The waters are separated. The baby was once completely surrounded in water. The water breaks. The baby's born. (gasps) Air. Water's separated. There's air. The baby's carried, nursed, and eventually the baby is laid down and experiences ground, whether on a crib, a bassinet, or a comfy blanket on the ground matching the order of creation in Genesis. Then, babies, once they're born, they tend to look at the lights. If you've ever held a little newborn, their eyes are attracted to whatever is a light in the room. They begin to distinguish the different lights and the darkness. Then, babies are aware that there's these living things moving around. I think they probably think about birds and, and fish before they even think about animals. Slowly, they begin to recognize other creatures, and finally, finally, they get to that developmental stage where when they look in a mirror, they recognize a human face, and they recognize their parents, and they recognize other people, human beings as the last part of creation. And then, of course, rest. So what's the point of all of this? This is the point. In a world that sometimes seems to slide backwards in a world that sometimes seems to be hopeless at times, in a world where there's the the golden rule, whoever has the gold makes the rules, and you kind of think, is it going to get better? The answer is yes. We have hope. On Christmas, we remember that there is a new creation God is still creating, still creating life, still making new life and new things happen. And we give thanks for that, and we have hope for that, and we set our lives to help God in that work. Amen. Please stand as you're able for our hymn of the day, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.